Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to another episode of Med Lasso from Explore the Space Podcast. Delighted to be doing this one. We have a big episode. Ted Lasso season three, episode four was a, a monster. Lots to unpack, lots to cover. Syed and I had to call in some serious kidney medicine reinforcements. Dr. Jade Teekel joined us and we really had to dig deep on some challenging subject matter. This was not an easy episode. It was funny and it was great, but man, a, a lot of time spent on discussing manifestations and management of anger. And I really enjoyed this. You're going to love it. We're going to move through this quickly so we can get to it. Definitely check out hashtag MedLasso on Twitter if you haven't already. That's where we're all sort of congregating and having great discussions about the show and how it's making us feel and all that great stuff. You can also hit me on Twitter at ETS Show and I'm on Instagram at Explore the Space Show. A shout out also to the Women in Medicine Summit for helping make this episode of MedLasso possible the Women in Medicine Summit is an amazing CME opportunity held in Chicago in September, September 22nd and 23rd, and it is for everyone, and it's truly a special opportunity to learn about structural challenges in our profession, to learn about leadership, to have conversations around any number of hot-button issues with some of the most extraordinary people in American medicine today. You do not want to miss it. Take the opportunity to, to use some of your CME time to come to the Women in Medicine Summit. Again, it's for everybody. You can go to www.womeninmedicinesummit.org and go there to register, go there to learn more about it, see who's going to be speaking. I'm delighted that Explore the Space Show will be sponsoring it. I'm excited I get to speak this year. We're going to have an absolute blast, and I hope everyone can join us there as well. You can check out the archive of Med Lasso and Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. Also available wherever you listen to your podcast. So wherever you're listening right now, please do subscribe. And also please think of one or two friends who would enjoy this and send them a link to it so we can continue to spread the word. This is good fun. And the more people who are listening and enjoying, the better. Speaking of better, you're going to love this one. Jade knocked it out of the park. We had an absolute blast on Med Lasso this week covering Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 4. So let's get amongst it. Syed. This was a monster episode. Uh, it was late when I finished watching, so I did not text you, but I, I almost wanted to call the hospital and have them wake you up and like page Dr. <laughs> Tabata by. I need him. But I, I restrained myself. It, it was a monster episode. What, what an episode. I, I can't wait to get started. We have a lot to unpack, and we've called in very specific reinforcements. We have a second nephrologist here today. Jade Tickle is here. Jade, welcome to Med Lasso. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this episode with you guys. I have a really niche question for you. Uh-oh. Bolus or diuresis? Ooh, for the, epi <laughs> for the episode or in general? <laughs> are we giving a fluid resuscitation or are we going to diuresis? Oh, I think we're going to diuresis this episode. We're going to diuresis? Yeah, I like it. Syed, volume resuscitate or diuresis? Dude, there, there's two kidneys in this episode, and they're working in sync. We're going to diaries. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. It's a monster episode, but I think that there is something crying out for very, very specific attention, uh, and it's the theme of anger. That's the part 
that that really stuck out for me and i feel like if we had the showrunners here they would say we want you all to explore anger because it makes the vast majority of us really really uncomfortable before i get there i do want to just take a minute and sound a note of appreciation and i'm sure you both noted this too the really kind and thoughtful way that the ted lasso show honored grant wall and by extension our med twitter and physician colleague dr celine gounder uh grant was a wonderful soccer rider i followed his whole career i didn't know him um he always seemed like a great hang but man he was a talented sports writer and i loved his work and i just love the way the show appreciated him and by extension the whole family uh and celine posted some really thoughtful threads on twitter and i wanted to start there because that was actually a pretty emotional thing when that popped up and then her thread that she created on twitter you could see her face in the background uh it was reflected in the screen where it said uh grant's name and i just thought that was really really sweet jade what was your sort of takeaway did you feel anything different seeing that somehow or was it uh all right cool they've done this really nicely i mean i thought it was a very thoughtful um you know gesture to do and especially considering how much this plays into the soccer world i don't follow premier league soccer i'll be honest um but i think that's one of the nice things about this show is that they bring people in and anyone who's anyone can enjoy this show and, and understand and you know feel grateful for their appreciation for what's going on in the real world I, I think that you nailed it. I think that they do make it a very welcoming space and they welcome all the emotions and the tidal waves of life and, and show a great deal of respect for it. Syed, how did it land for you? I, I thought it was touching. And uh, I have to say, after I read Celine's thread, I was even more moved by it because I, I didn't make all those connections that she yeah. pointed out. And then yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that was, that was really beautiful, actually. I thought it was really touching. I thought that they just did such a nice job and it reminds us of, I think, how closely the show does connect to all of us. And and in doing that, though, too, it, it does it in ways that are really difficult, right? We're, we're grieving someone that like, I, I don't know Grant Wall. I've never met him. And yet I felt that um, I don't know Celine. I've never met her. But we're we're a, we're a close knit community, I think, now more so than ever uh, as as healthcare professionals. And so I think there was more resonance there. And in that same space, this show, this episode specifically, that kind of has us all on our heels, the emotion that really stuck out for me that put me on my heels the whole time was anger. Jade, was there a different emotion? Was there a different chord that was struck for you? Or was that one that also stuck out? I think anger, of course, was a big one. Um, but I think one thing that also struck out to me was regret. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, Nate is really struggling with what happened. And also, I think Ted is really struggling with what happened. So there's a little bit of that kind of regret or missed opportunity that's in the background. And, and sometimes that leads to anger. So they're connected. I had not thought about regret at all. And I think that's a really astute point, especially as it pertains to Nate. I just sort of felt like Nate was awash in really dark tones. But I can see that that regretful side is part of the site. How about for you? What were the sort of emotional notes that really rang out? I know you, and you're also a very thoughtful person. What were the sort of strings that were pulled? Um, I, I agree with the anger part of it. There were a lot of different versions presented of how yes. anger can influence our actions, yes. whether, uh, you know, whether it drives us to be better or whether it drives us to be worse. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and the, it's transformative power in a way. I agree with the Nate comment. You know, I thought it was touching the parallel with, you know, Ted has this Lego 
uh, version. Nate also has this board with figurines with with Ted on there that he knocks over. And at first he's like, yeah, but then almost immediately you see the regret flash in his eyes. And he even says under his breath as he's putting Ted back, he says a little, there you go, you know, when he puts him back. And so, yeah, I I think uh, I agree with both of you. Jade, how much do you think our profession right now is wrestling with individual and collective expressions of anger? Because I felt like this show demonstrated, like you said, right, there's a whole spectrum of it. Everyone's struggling with it. No one did it really well. Whether it's Bex or Rebecca or Ted or everyone is manifesting it in the team on the field in the second half. How do you feel like our profession in parallel with this, right, as we sort of mirror this journey, collective and individual expressions of anger, how are we doing? I think it's a lot better. Um, Like I know when this show first came out, of course, we were right in the midst of the pandemic and there was a lot of anger, a lot of anxiety, you know, what's going to happen? Why are we not doing this? Why are we not doing this better? And so I think I think we've come a long way from that. Um, But you're right. I think people respond or process anger in very different ways. And some people do things very constructively and some people don't. And that's not unique to the show, that medicine and and everything. I think of like a specific example of something. But, you know, I think there's been a lot with, um, you know, movements towards vaccination campaigns and and fighting misinformation. And I think that's a way that we've directed in part our anger against that anti-science narrative, which I think is helpful. We've also been on the receiving end of a lot of anger. Syed, for you, the expression of anger, what is your sort of comfort level? Just being around anger, whether it's on a TV show, in a pandemic, in your personal life, what does anger sort of feel like for you? You know, I've tried over the years to harness anger better. Um, I've never had a great relationship with anger. It's the feeling for me is always that things are getting muddy and I can't think clearly. I can't see clearly. I'm losing the thread. You know, I need to take a deep breath and calm myself and figure out, okay, what's, you know, let's, let's ground ourselves, see what's really going on. So I've, I've, I'm trying to harness it better. I think that I agree with Jade that we were in the midst of this pandemic and there was a lot of anger, fear, fear is a great anger amplifier, by the way, uh, rage. And then I, I have a feeling, honestly, as a profession, I don't think we handled the anger that well. And I think it's still simmering. I think uh, with private equity and uh, insurance companies and the whole system, a lot of anger is transformed into scar tissue and burnout. And, you know, I agree that some of us are doing a great job directing it, but a lot of us are suffocating in the carbon monoxide. The easy analogy from the show. I, I think that you're yeah, I think that you both really nailed it. I, I am very uncomfortable with anger. I always have been. I'm a very conflict averse person. Uh, I've worked really hard over many, many years to understand it better and to feel it and own it and um, just navigate it as opposed to gaslighting myself and blaming myself for feeling this negative emotion and not knowing how to cope with other people's anger. Um, It's really difficult. It's really also hard to be successful uh, and in that space and to emerge from anger into a place of, you know, comfort or success or whatever positive emotion you want to kind of ascribe to it that that's an art form into itself and what i thought that they showed in this episode no one is yet no one none of them were successful yet 
And I think that's what was so hard about it. It was like the ultimate cliffhanger episode. Every single character now is on this weird pivot point. Um, and it's a lot. <laughs> it was it was a lot. And I felt that mirroring. And, and I think both of what you said kind of merging together, right? Uh, it, it's It's just tremendous. Jay, do you feel like the show is going to navigate us in a way that reflects real life and have it just be murky? Or are they going to navigate it in such a way that we come out and it's, you know, rainbows and sunshine and the show ends and high fives all around? I don't know if everything is going to be rainbows and sunshine because I think yeah. the show's been pretty clear that they're, that's not their way. But I do <laughs> think they're going to ha- provide some structure and some closure. I, I don't think they'll leave it murky for everyone or every plot line. Um, because the show is so well thought out, I think they have a clear path. We just may not see it yet. I hope so. Anyways, I don't like like cliffhanger endings. I, I, I agree. I, I'm with you. And that's why this whole episode, all these people are so mad and it just sort of ended. Syed, for you, whose expression, demonstration, context in which they showed anger, which made you the most uncomfortable? Which made me the most uncomfortable. I'll tell you mine if it'll. Yeah, why don't you go first? Mine was Bex. Bex has two scenes, and in both of them, she is trashing her husband publicly. Mm -hmm. She's saying really nasty things about him. All the stuff going on with the assistant, she totally knows. She's an intelligent woman, and she knows. And she's got a kid, and she's alone, and this dude is doing what he's doing, and she knows, and she is alone. He has done what he did with Rebecca, right? She's isolated and she is, it's not a good picture at all. And that was really disconcerting for me. She had two scenes. They were short. She is not the same person that we like saw at the, you know, at the fundraiser and at the bar and playing dark. It's, it's dark. And it was unsettling to see what she was having to do. Almost like a cry for help. Yeah, that's a great call out, you know, um, it was that was very uncomfortable actually. <laughs> you mentioned it that, that that was a really good pickup. I think for me the one and it's it's interesting because the show played it off more as comedy, but for me it was still kind of painful. It was when Rebecca was trying to motivate Ted and her mm, anger at where the team the ang- her anger at where the team was at, and she Rupert. really wanted to beat Rupert. And it came out in this weird kind of cringy sort of constrained positivity. And at the same time, that's one of the things that anger does to you. Although I will say that Rebecca, by the end of the episode, I thought she made some progress with her anger when she was able to be angry at Rupert when she saw him with the assistant just for who he is and not anything to do with how he makes her feel or in context, just because he's an awful human being. She was mad at him for that. And it had nothing. It didn't reflect on her at all. So I thought that was good. Jade, for you, the one that made you most uncomfortable and then. From your perspective, the person who was the most successful in expressing their anger in this episode. So, um, I mean, I, I, I did. I really appreciate what you said about Bex, because I think that's something that I didn't fully think about how, you know, upset that she really was. Um, and I agree with Rebecca in that hallway was very awkward to watch. But I think the one that bothered me was uh, Beard and Ted how they kind of, cons- or, I'm sorry, Beard and Roy, how they conspired against Ted. And they knew that he didn't want them to show that video and, and they kind of did it anyways. And 
I don't know. That just didn't seem like them to kind of conspire and go behind Ted's back. But I think they just were so angry and overwhelmed. And they're like, I just, we got to do something. Um, but I think the one it, for me who handled it the best was probably Keely. And I don't know if her anger was quite, quite as predominant in this episode, but I think at the very end where she really had to take her friend Shandy aside and say, look, this is not how I want this to be. And, and to confront someone like that, that you're so close to is definitely hard to do. And I think she handled that well, especially in front of the boss. Hannah Waddingham is so talented because that scene in the hallway, not many people can do that. You have to have a lot of acting equity to yes. pull that off where we know where it's not just seeing someone who's like overacting. It's this person. And we like, Oh, we know where they are right now. This is not good. They are totally in the red. And I, man alive. She's just, she's going to like win every award because that was just premium, premium work to make it so cringy. Otherwise it would have almost been funny, mm -hmm. right? It would have been almost silly. And it was nothing like that at all. So I had who finds their way out first. Who, who muddles through this mess because everyone is in quicksand? Who's getting out first? Oh, man. That's, there it is. That's 100 proof more <laughs> questions. One per interview. Who gets out first? Um, I, yeah, I have an idea. Hooray. 15 minutes an in idea. and we're finally laughing. Delightful. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and just, just pick one. You know, I was going to say Jamie, but he's already out in a way. Jamie and Roy seem to be like they're, they're doing great. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm probably, I'll go with Nate. I have a feeling that he's already halfway there. And the way that Rupert keeps telling him to call him by his first name and then not. And, you know, you can see how uncomfortable and the skinny is. And in a weird way, that one, the the person at the 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 restaurant, the Taste of Athens, the the one he's always trying to impress. She's like the eyes of truth in a way. She is never going to be impressed with Nate until he is who he actually is. And I think uh, I think he's getting there. Can I give you a counter? Okay. I think Nate is a hard sneeze away from a felony. I think <laughs> oh he is, man, he is a speed wobble away from really bad things happening. And the showrunners have positioned this character where it could go either way in episodes five, six, and seven, you'd be like, yeah, totally makes sense. And it's like deeply alarming. Um, the Blair Witch scene in the elevator where he's like in the corner is so <laughs> weird and so believable. And ugh, that dude, I don't know, Jade who finds their way out first. <laughs> oh my gosh. Putting the Blair Witch Project to that just really kind of messed <laughs> my mind Syed, a little bit. <laughs> I, I sent Syed the gif like two days later. We were, we were texting back and forth and I was like, because I, I was saying like Nate is just in the dark. And that's exactly <laughs> what I thought of when they showed that scene of the dude in the corner before whatever the Blair yes. Witch is. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I know um, I was going to say Jamie. I think yeah. I think Jamie does still have some anger. Um, and he's upset that he's not the team star anymore. And, and we got a little bit of that in the previous episode, but I think it's a way he's taking his anger and putting it towards something constructive. And I think he's even, he even kind of it, it said things to the team and said, you know, in the beginning, like, Hey, it's all right. Don't listen to those guys on the TV. And so I think he's got one foot out the door working on a, or, or constructively working on himself. I like it. That, that'll, that'll work. And I'm going to, I'm going to ride with both of you. I think those are the two who are the closest that are going to, the show can like just push one more domino and we're sort of there where we want them to go. 
But I just I just want to spend one last kind of like beat on I have never experienced a TV show with this many characters, all of whom at the same time are in really believable, intense, and transformative places of uncertainty. And I just love that for like us as a as a profession to be able to enjoy this now because I feel like so many of us are in this place of discomfort and uncertainty. And also, like, I want this to work. I want to be here. I want to do what I'm doing. Man, the circumstances around me are are difficult, and my own emotions are hard to deal with. Jade, is that a lot? No, I think I think that's a good kind of representation, and and I think it it does pair with what we see in healthcare that there's a lot of things going on. A lot of people are doing their own thing, but at the same time, our pieces have to fit together for the system to work. And I mean, I, I think it's a good parallel. No one wants to leave Richmond. They never have people say, ah, F it, I'm out. I'm flying back. to." No one has expressed a desire to leave. That's not to say that for us, right? We know that there are people who are choosing to leave our profession. I think the vast majority of us still really want this to work um, for any number of individual reasons. Syed, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's it's a testament to the show. Going back to your original point about the the beauty of the show, um, it, it, it's hard to write narratives that bring all the characters to a similar place without seeming contrived or, you know, cheesy or relying too much on coincidence. It, it, the way they've written this show is really quite incredible that I hadn't really thought about it until you pointed out that all the characters have arrived to a similar spot. And even the viewers are uneasy because Roy and Keeley aren't together. You know, Ted's in this weird discombobulated place. You're waiting for Zava to blow up. I mean, it's like there's a lot of like tension there. Too. We have nothing to. We're in the room. They're on CRRT. They're intubated. <laughs> They're on multiple pressers. You're on call. There's a code in the like. You are a busy nephrologist. <laughs> Uh, the line's not working. Your flows are low. <laughs> Shapiro's paging you with another consult. Do we diurese? <laughs> Jay, do I give him fluid? <sighs> when you get the phone call from me, what's the first urine electrolyte you're going to tell me to check? Jade. Um, I'm dining out on this. This is the best. I have two nephrologists <laughs> here. This is great. I mean, the urine sodium is probably the most useful, but honestly, we don't. I don't use it that much. <laughs> The truth comes out. The urine, the urine sodium is the captain's uh, urine electrolyte. That's the that's the champion. Syed, what uh, what is your favorite piece of uh, the? Wait, before I get to that, shout out to Jade for the Pedro Pascal as urinary <laughs> sediments thread. Did you see that, Syed? That was brilliant. I that think the urinary brilliant. sediment is so much more helpful than the urinary electrolytes. Let's put that, that was out there. one of the better threads, like ever of pedro pascal there's so many of them going around there's so many that was so fun i'll put a link to it in the show notes because it was absolutely magnificent speaking of magnificent we're in the locker room we each have a a four paneled space a la zava j-a-d-e on the wall there's only one question to start with jade you're ruling on t no i'm not a fan <laughs> I think that's what Ken said last know, week. Man. Just no. This no the the count is rising, but that's okay. We'll 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 muddle through. Syed, Syed looks un, unhappy. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, he'll be okay. Okay. Let's Someday. start now with we, we've got our we've got our places our our safe landing zones, which I think we need after this episode. Syed, your your trip to Coach Beard's fainting couch, which was your moment. 
Oklahoma. The Oklahoma. When when she said that, I was like, oh, oh that's boy. that's yeah. How perfect was that timing? Uh, that that was a moment where I, I fainted. And also, I'm sort of secretly holding out hope for the Rebecca Ted, um, you know, I, combo I we there. Get it? In that scene, that was the third time in his office, right? She came back in. I thought that that was the one where they were gonna have a, a an emotional embrace. Jade, for you, the Coach Beard fainting couch moment. I'm gonna go with the appearance of Jack being a woman. That was something that I think they did very intentionally to make everyone kind of check their own bias, and I appreciated that. I thought that was really well done. Mine was the bumber catch tackle because they played the song by Wolfmother, Joker, and the Thief, and that like crescendo music, that's the one you do for like the victory run. Mm -hmm. That's where you come out fully charged. They're glaring at Nate. They're mad dogging him. That's where, all right, we're going on a run. That's the, like the, that song is perfect for it. And like within 10 seconds, Bumbercatch chops the guy's legs off and they switch to fist fight by corrosion of conformity. Ugh, that ruined me. I was so ready for that sports movie moment and they just ripped it right out from under me. It was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Power rankings. This is a weird episode for power rankings. Jade, you get to go first. Your power rankings for season three, episode four. This, yeah, this one was tough because there's, there's so much going on, but I, um, I thought about this and I, I want to, we have to go top to bottom or bottom to top, right? So Ted is number three. Um, I think, you know, he's really, he's doing, he's really trying to keep the team together. He's really trying to keep himself together. He's really, um, he had a lot more presence in this episode than he did last episode. Um, my number two is Keely. Again, I think she was kind of that calm presence throughout all of this and and she was kind of reflecting on her you know reflecting on jamie reflecting on her work choices reflecting on her friendships and so i put keely at number two and then at number one i put rebecca um i thought rebecca was also solid throughout this whole episode you know giving advice again trying to check her own anger um and especially at the end when she confronted rupert and said you know your daughter deserves better. Bex deserves better. So even someone who she was so mad at in, in the, in Bex, she still can say, Hey, Rupert, this is not, this is not right. You got to do better. Solid, solid. Syed, your power rankings. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different direction this time. These are a little bit goofier power rankings, but number three, I'm going to go with, uh, Trent Krim. Uh, his journalistic, <laughs> his journalistic savvy brought about the spark that may have just set fire to the whole thing. So, um, he's, you know, there, there, uh, it, it would be a throwaway role to have him just sort of be a fixture in the locker room the whole time, but he seems to be contributing a little bit every episode. So I like that. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with, uh, sassy, um, because her brutal honesty and moment of truth with Ted that you're a mess sort of has also planted a seed that set the whole thing on fire. And now he's thinking about it and she could have, you know, she could have strung him along. She could have lied, but if there's anything sassy is she's uh, reliably honest. So I put her there. And then number one, I'm going to go with my man Van Dam because it takes courage to be who you are and change your name from arguably an awesome name with Zorro (laughs) to an even more awesome name with Van Dam. So, that's my I would have wanted the I would have wanted the VAR review on that tackle of his. You can't charge <laughs> the goalie. 
Like, you're not allowed. I think that the card goes to the offensive player. The goalie can hold their ground. I don't know. I'm going to contest that one. Yeah, that's I love a good that point. Call. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. He didn't do anything. I mean, look, he put his arms out when the dude hit him, and Zorro is a, I mean, the guy's a unit. Um, so the little dude that hit him went flying, but the goalie's allowed to hold their ground. That's, that's, right. uh, that's, anyway. So mine, I like for number three, I like Jack. And look, it's, they're putting these, these characters in, they're dropping them in like, you know, hand grenades. She's great. She's super composed under pressure. She's rich as hell, clearly. And she's got some strings that she can pull. And I like that we, you know, she's got Keely kind of on her heels. She's got Keely's assistant. I think she's going to have a really nice ripple effect in a, in a wide variety of relationships. Um, and her shoes are dope. Um, I love the, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. The, 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 um, the blinged out, like, I don't know if they were Converse or like they didn't actually seem to have a brand on them. But anyway, they were super cool. Number two is Jamie Tart, Another great move by this guy we're all in this place of uncertainty roy comes to the door we're going to get more of jamie complaining no he comes fully like he's dressed he's ready headlamp on he's ready to jamie is our like ro- our road warrior he's ready to go and he's going to pull this team back and we needed a hero and i was like when we get our training montage and i'm holding out for it i want this song holding out for a hero from footloose for the <laughs> jamie tart workout montage for sure and the number one and i hope i never have to do this again it's rupert um, he's just an embodiment of so much of what happens in the real world. And he is such a powerful man and he's so gross and he has the ability to twist people to his will in really insidious ways. And it's frightening to see it happen in this show. And he's extraordinarily effective at doing it. Speaking of that. So we have one more and I texted this to you. No, we don't have one more. We have two, the villain. Do you guys want to do the villain, or is it pretty obvious? Well, Jade, the villain. Well, I was going to put Rupert as the villain. I think any episode he shows up in, he takes the cake on that one. He's just Syed, so should we awful. say that Rupert can't be the villain? Like, can we just call it an emeritus position at this point? That's sure. Yeah. True. Let's 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 force us force a uh, issue here. Yeah. All right. So I to I actually thought uh, you know obviously Rupert, but. I think in a way I'm going to go with Shandy and it may not even be intentional, um, but she is really making it difficult for Keely. I mean, banter could legitimately drop their, their firm after what she pulled that stunt she pulled. So in a way, her story is almost a little bit like Nate's now where she rose from nothing to recognition and almost like Nate, she's sort of, you know, she's kind of taking matters in her own hands a little bit. So I'll go with her. Jade, how about for you? The non Rupert villain of the week. I was also thinking about Shandy, but I don't I don't feel like it's very intentional. And I think the same with, you know, what I said about Beard and Roy, like they really messed up, but I don't think it was intentional, like villain status. I I'll join know. you in that same space, though, like mine is sort of not true villainy in the sense of like they're trying to do evil, but it's Higgins. And it's more from a place of his just utter incompetence. Um, it, it's funny in seasons one and season two, but like now he's screwing stuff up. Um, he's getting in the way of things. He's not doing his job properly. You know, he botched the Zava signing and, you know, he's just making things super uncomfortable to the point where he has to excuse himself. The guy's not doing his job. He's the director of football. And it's from a place of incompetence, but it's a, it's mucking up the works and it's making everyone's life a great deal harder. And it's great. I mean, the, Higgins is an awesome character and I'm sure he'll come right. And he's weathered bigger storms in his life. But right now, professionally, he needs to up his game a little bit. So speaking of upping the game... I texted you both. This is my favorite thing. The 
weekly poll from the Pyramid of Success from UCLA basketball coach John Wooden, John Obi-Wan Gandalf. Jade, we're going to start with you. We're doing competitive greatness today, and this was intentional because I have a take, and I'm sure you all do too. Competitive greatness, be at your best when your best is needed. Enjoyment of a difficult challenge. Speak to us, Jade, about competitive greatness. I think definitely the second half of that game was the opposite of that. Yes. For sure. Yes. Um, you know, they, they really needed to come back and be their best, and they did the opposite of that. They fought each other. They fought the other team. It was an absolute mess. Jade, you said <laughs> I knew this is why I pulled it, because they didn't execute it. They did not reach competitive greatness, and I think they're making a point of that. I love that call, Jade. Yeah, and I think I, but I think it, you know, going back to the healthcare example and and how we handle anger and how we work together. Like you said, there's a lot of pieces moving, and in some ways we're, you know, we're competing because you know we're all you know in this to do better. But it it has to. We all have to work together, and our best is needed every day, and it, it matters. And we have to be there. And you know, sometimes you're angry, sometimes you're sad, sometimes you're frustrated, but you still have to come and be your best every day. Syed, how about for you, competitive greatness? I'll flip it around, and as much as Richmond didn't show it, look at the way West Ham played in that game. Um, They were going toe-to-toe with Richmond, and then when their best was needed, when his best was needed, Nate gives these little hand signals that are almost like Jedi Jedi signals, like the Force. He's like, this is what we're going to do. And suddenly, everybody's in the best place to succeed, and next thing you know, they're running away with the game. And enjoyment of a difficult challenge. Obviously, Nate was enjoying himself. You know, at the end of that game, he runs out there and he's cheering. So I think Richmond did not embody that. Although I will say it looks like Jamie Tart is setting up to be the embodiment of this definitely in the future. And I have a feeling Zava is going to be injured or have a tantrum or something's coming up where Jamie is going to be our homegrown Zava and bring this home. I appreciate you turning that around because obviously I sent this because most of the people on this episode were not from a, coming from a place of competitive greatness. And mine was be at your best when your best is needed. And Ted was not right. He had a serious loss of focus at that halftime thing. He should have been in the locker room. Beard and Roy were like, where are you going? You can't. Mm-hmm. They what, what do you want us to do, man? You're the head coach. And he wasn't there. And there were consequences to that. And I think that this was a representation, like Jade was saying, for us, right? With all of the things that we have to do, that sense of presence and being able to be at your best when your best is needed. One of the challenges of our profession is that's like all the time <laughs> when you're at work. But I think that pulling this one, because this one, Jade, when I texted you, Jade said, we're going right to the top. This is at the top of the pyramid. This, mm-hmm. this block, competitive greatness, is the apex of the pyramid. And so I wanted to put this out there, too, as a reminder, I think we're still going to get to that apex. I, I think they're going to give us a lot of sunlight uh, as we move through the darkness. And it's not going to be total, but I think we're going to get a lot of sunlight for sure. And I'm excited about it. I think that's the right way to do it. I'm we, interested we, we, to see what Zava's response is. And I know you guys talked about this last week with what happens when he loses. And we didn't yeah. get to see that. So yeah. It's going to be interesting. What's your ruling on passion fruit? It's okay. A shoulder shrug. Oh, indi- <laughs> indifference. It's okay. Ouch. All right. So I had passion fruit. What do you say? It's my favorite fruit. 
No, I'm kidding. It's it's not. It's whatever. Yeah, I don't have a strong. I don't have a strong feeling about it. (laughs) I associate passion fruit with tea, like passion fruit tea, and I'm not a big tea drinker, so that's my shoulder shrug. I associate it with high end yogurts, sorbets, and ice creams. Um, But the actual like, anyway, we've spent too much time on passion fruit. Jade, plug something. You know. I don't have anything personally to plug. I will just say that I'm reading a book right now called The End of Everything by Katie Mack. She's an astrophysicist. And it is, for nerds, um, it is about the beginning of the cosmos and the end of the cosmos and black holes, vacuum decay, particle horizons. I love it. It's a few years old, but it's fun. I'm perspiring just hearing some of those words, but I will. <laughs> it's fun to get away from biology, chemistry and get into, you know, physics and um, quantum mechanics. I like it. Syed, plug something. I'm going to plug a book by a friend of mine um, and also a friend of yours, Mark, Serafina Nance. Yeah. I think, you know, right. Um, yeah. So uh, she's written a book, which is kind of a, a memoir and a look at astrophysics called Starstruck. Uh, memoir of astrophysics and finding light in the dark and it's uh, she's a remarkable human being i had a chance to actually meet her a few years back she came to san antonio and uh you know i haven't read the book yet it comes out in june it's available for pre-order on uh, amazon etc everywhere bookshop and uh i think it's gonna be a great book i can't wait for for my chance to read it and i think y'all should check it out that's a good one. I'm going to plug sunshine because we have been deluged with long needed rain. It's spring. It's April. We had three days of sunshine here. Just being able to be back outside in the sunshine for me was transformative these last like week. It's starting to rain again as we're recording. So it's like, well, so if you have the opportunity to be outside in the sunshine, my friends, take it. Uh, it will it will do you right. It will do you well. Put your sunscreen on, wear your hat, but just get out into the sun and then share the experience with the rest of us because it's fun to see everyone else doing well when they have the opportunity to do so. Jade, you nailed it. That was awesome. I, I had 100% confidence because you're a kidney specialist. So you're super <laughs> smart. But man, the tough episode to navigate. You did awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Syed, dude. <laughs> We're spinning gold, man. We're spinning gold here. It's amazing. It's amazing. We're, we're, we're going to tee us up for another big episode. I think episode five is going to be, um, I think there's going to be so much fun in this. I think they're going to give us the juxtaposition of humor and success and some positivity. I might be totally wrong. Maybe I'm just, I just need it, but there we are. So I had buddy, this was awesome. This was amazing as always, as always. All right. We'll see you both soon. Enjoy episode five. Bye. Take care. Bye. Take care. My thanks once again to Jade for joining us on this one. This was really cool. This was a tough episode. It was a lot to unpack. And I just love the way we're able to break these things down. I think also we've done a good decision here, retiring, allowing Rupert to be the villain. I think having him just be the emeritus position is the right way to go. Otherwise, he's going to be the villain of the week every week. Jump on hashtag MedLasso on Twitter. Share your thoughts. Share your ideas and your questions. The more we're able to talk about this together, the more fun it all is. Thank you also to the Women in Medicine Summit for helping make this episode possible. Go to www.womeninmedicinesummit.org to learn all about this extraordinary conference that will be held in Chicago, September 22nd and 23rd. I will be there. We'll be doing all kinds of fun stuff. The doctor who puts it on, Dr. Shika Jane, she's just awesome and she puts on an incredible show. The people who are going to be there are amazing. The chances to collaborate and meet and make friends, unmatched. It's super fun. Definitely come and check it out. 
Email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. Please do share Explore the Space podcast with your friends and your colleagues and whoever you think might like it. The archive is absolutely packed. We're now well over 300 episodes. We will be back soon with more Explore the Space episodes, and you know we will be back with more Med Lasso episodes. Hope you enjoyed this one. Enjoy Ted Lasso episode five. We will be back soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.